The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. Welcome to the Bleachers. This is the Bleacher Blums podcast. I am Jeff Blum. I am a 14-year Major League veteran. I'm my co-host is out there on the left coast. Obviously, I hang out in Houston quite a bit due to my job with the Houston Astros for the time being. And also, out on the West Coast, I've got my good buddy David Tuttle, Team USA, Santa Clara University grad, all-around brilliant guy. Spent some time in the minor leagues, never got the break that he needed. And who knows, Tuttle? We're going to talk about this later in our podcast, but dude, if you'd have come back right now and broke into the big leagues, you'd be looking at you know at least six figures as far as millions of dollars, man. How you been? And what a thought, right? We're always those grumpy old guys that are like, oh man, if I was playing today, I would have made this much money. But how you doing, dude? I'm doing great. You know, Blummer, you probably have the same thought, you know, Mr. 14 <laughs> one-year deals that you signed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. So anyway, and I know you live in Houston, but the f- the first jersey I see there is California. So there you go. You got your your heart in California. Go so uh, yeah, things are things are going well. I don't want to be the grumpy old guy. I mean, I Charles Barkley says it really well all the time, which is, you know, maybe they paved the way or paved the road or whatever, but he made plenty of money. You know, he made the most money he could make when he was playing. And I think, you know, the market always changes. You know, it's kind of like real yeah. estate. You know what my grandparents paid for this house? Like <laughs> yeah, you know, things just change, but I do, you know, there's some other aspects or variables that we'll get into, but I do think um certainly the the owners crying poor and uh, you know, the <laughs> the inflation, you know, and the market and the economy, the fair market economy and all that stuff uh, you know, is is alive and well, and I think that uh if nothing else, the winter meetings, you and I, I think the last time we recorded, we were saying it was starting off slow and you felt like the off season no. was accelerated and nothing was happening. And I, just from my recollection of my few days being an agent um, or working with an agent, I should say, I don't want to disrespect the agent industry like I was there. But uh, but that's, you know, things kind of start, you know, rolling at the winter meetings. But I think this year, yeah, the, they started rolling like right before the winter meetings and then boom, everything <laughs> happened at the winter meeting. So it's crazy. So Blummer, I have a bunch of questions for you, but, but you know, I guess the main one is how are you and, and what have you been up to with the uh, hot stove? I mean, you got one eye on the, the ticker and one guy, one eye on the contracts and one eye over here. Yeah. So what's going on with you? 
No, there's a lot going on. I think you you know you kind of nailed it with us talking about ah you know I wonder what this off season is going to be and for whatever reason the winter meetings just it it, it was it, we were running to the winter meetings and now we're like sprinting out of it and I'm not sure how much money's left on the table for some of these teams but it's been remarkable. That's obviously something we want to dig into. Uh, there's there's some more fodder throughout there and I think it's just going to only expand the conversation because both of us in thinking about that you think about it as a player you think about it as an owner there's GM angle to it you know where where are these organizations going there's separation between the haves and have nots obviously but uh, there's some interesting stuff happening on the west coast that I, I think that you'll be able to touch on and I, I learned a little bit more uh, going out to the to the winter meetings which was an absolute blast and I think it was the first time they actually had in meeting uh, winter meetings since 2019 because of the COVID issues but it was good to get out there mingle see some people reconnect and you know it's always good to to network and grease those wheels a little bit because a lot of a lot of Tuttles and my contemporaries that we played against and with are now moving into like myself on the media side there's a lot of guys going into front office coaching jobs and you really don't know what the future holds but if, as long as you're able to establish and continue those relationships it always opens the opportunity for dialogue for potentially you know moving on to something else possibly but uh, uh it's been interesting times dude i played golf yesterday in shorts and a t-shirt out here in houston because it was 81 and humid it was the dead of summer, and I was sweating my brains out. Have you ever thought about, man, this is dead of so, winter? Well, have you ever? What? Where did the? We always talk about where like cliches and all this stuff came from. This is a terrible thought, and if you have kids in the car, you, you may want to uh, fast forward, maybe because earmuffs, earmuffs, yeah, earmuffs is a good one. Yeah, I like that. Um, where did the term "sweat your balls off" come from, and what does that mean? I just thought of this. I swear to God, I didn't have this written down. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, sweat your balls off. What does that mean? I don't even know where yeah. it came from. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to do uh, efforting, as they say. Producer Mark is not on today, so we're going to have to do some efforting. I mean, I think what you just said, actually, is probably, um, you know, I mean, that's the derivative that where it was derived from is what you experienced yesterday. You know, 82 degrees in Houston during December. Um, I do think it's one of the, uh, you know, just like armpits and everything else. I do think it's one of the, uh, one of the first places where, you know, where your, uh, your sweat glands and everything are certainly working overtime. So, uh, you know, that's all I got. I wish I was, uh, I had a, a more scientific, uh, basis for, for that. But, um, I wasn't sure if we were, you know, the winter meetings and all that. I, I kind of just, when you mentioned coming out to the winter meetings, obviously we weren't able to connect. It was a it was a thank you for changing the subject. A, I appreciate that. That's all right. Flurry in, flurry <laughs> out. Well, no, because it triggered something because of why we started this podcast, or at least why I did, because we would sit yeah. in the parking lot and we would reminisce and we would talk about these guys that we knew that are still involved in baseball. And you know, I had a teammate that became a double A hitting coach or whatever. And I'm like, how much can you make being a double A hitting coach? I think I need to go get a real job. And then, but your point is, you know, guys that we played with are now managing too, managing in the big yeah. league. So it's not always the financial thing, but I, I do think people that listen to this podcast that are fans of the podcast, and you mentioned you played 14 years in the big leagues. I didn't quite make it, but 
um, people that listen go, man, you guys sure know your stuff, right? You know your mm-hmm. craft, you know what you're talking about. And I think that's the key to all of this is that whether you work in the front office, you work as a you know color analyst for a major league baseball team, whether you're in the minor leagues or whether you're on a podcast that you started yourself, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we're able to keep our expertise kind of at the forefront. And, you know, it's something that we did for a long time and that, you know, obviously you're still ingrained in in and and um still involved with. So it is interesting to see, you know, former teammates as color broadcasters, former teammates as assistant to the general manager, former teammates as, you know, assistant <laughs> to the president of baseball operations within the within these organizations. And, uh, you know, some of the teammates you could certainly see getting involved in that. I mean, A.J. Hinch is a good example. Um, yeah. he, you know, you know him much better than I do. We had the same agent when we were drafted. I think I'm a couple of years older. But, you know, catcher, cerebral, Stanford, all of those things that kind of served him well. And when he got out of baseball, our agent in kind said, hey, I think you should be involved in, you know, the front office stuff. And he got right into the front office and was, you know, obviously an integral part of other organizations. I believe Diamondbacks, um, notwithstanding, that was one that he started in. So anyway, it is very... um, it is very interesting and very, uh, I guess, cool to hear that this is a profession that we took very seriously and that mm-hmm. the people are, what do you want to call it, our peers are yeah. uh, still involved deeply. And it's nice to, whether you have a beer with them or whether you talk baseball with them, it's probably nice to stay connected and maybe a good reminder that next year we should probably head to the winter meetings regardless of oh, man. what yeah. our status is. Like, let's head down there and talk baseball, right? Uh, I think you may have nailed it on that one, yeah. Because I think that's the thing is it's it's connecting, it's networking, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, it allows you to have the conversation and maybe ask some of those questions that you have you want answers to. And you can ask the same question to ten different people down there, and you may get ten different answers. But that's kind of the beauty of it. That's why you and I talk because we're bouncing ideas off of each other. And sometimes you're going to think one way, I'm going to think the other. And uh, it's good to get around those minds in baseball, especially. I feel like this game is rapidly changing, and we're going to have future episodes here in the off season to talk about some of the rules changes. But it, I, I asked, you know, some people, you know, do these rule changes alter? how you build your ball clubs and they're they're saying yes you know the bigger base is going to change your idea of you know do we need base stealers uh do i need a catcher that can throw somebody out this pitch clock is going to get you i would imagine more cerebral guys who can think quicker on their feet uh you know the shifting ability you know do you all of a sudden you're going to think about having a more athletic infield that can cover more ground now because you can't put them in those positions so that always kind of lends itself to that conversation i think that's part of the fun of it but let's have the conversation about money because this season was was pushed back because of lockout issues the owners of locking out the ball players negotiating a collective bargaining agreement and what do we hear every time we hear the owners talk about a collective bargaining agreement tuttle you being on the player and agent side it's like we have no money we can't spend this we need to protect our our resources we can't spend this can't do that here we are seven or eight months removed from that negotiation and we are seeing billions of dollars move around this free agent market give me your first impressions of what's happening in this hot stove because like you said earlier we're kind of we felt like we were creeping into it and now we're just open up full throttle get 
Yeah, you know, I think most sports do this too. I mean, the superstars are going to get paid, right? I mean, you played with plenty of superstars. Um, you and I were not in that echelon per se, but you know, I mean, I think Verlander was going to get paid all along. Uh, mm-hmm. We knew Scherzer last year was going to get paid. Um, some of the contracts that jumped out at me, I mean, Trey Turner's obviously um, statistically and you know, well respected teammate wise, Bogarts, guys like that. But, you know, like Brandon Nimmo got $162 million for eight years. I mean, I don't know if he just endeared himself into the Mets clubhouse or if they just foresee, you know, I mean, that could be, that's a lot that's of money. That's the contract you know, eight, that jumped to me. Yeah. Right. Eight eight years, 162. Um, you have uh, Contreras, uh, five years, like 87, 88, something like that. And I thought... There were a couple of good tweets from Astros fans about let, let's stick with Vasquez and Maldi, and um, you know, <laughs> and then Vasquez really could eventually take over. It looks really good now. When when I saw the Contreras contract, all I thought was they are so used to having Yadier there. Like Yadier's good. Contreras is pretty much a clone of him, um, you know. And maybe they asked Yadier like, "Hey, if you see a guy in the game that's like you that you know does the same thing, like maybe who would that point. be?" And anyway, so I there, those are the contracts that jump out, like the Contreras's, the Nimos, like you know they're they're solid major league baseball players. I mean, who am I to critique? Like we said, nine years in minor league baseball, but from a scouting eye and an agent and what you hear the hubbub, like they're probably another tier, right? Like just a mm-hmm. tier down, but they're getting paid, you know, top tier money. So um, you know, these organizations certainly have the money, and they certainly view. Uh, whether you say it's the analytics, like the rules changes or whatever, they're certainly making an effort effort to get the guys that they see fit their system. Is that you know? Is that how you look at her? And and if Nimmo's contract isn't the one that jumped out, tell me the one that you think is kind of you know I don't know out of yeah. left field for lack of a better word. <laughs> no, <laughs> Nimmo's is really the one because you know being here in Houston, left-handed hitters, contracts, free agents, the potential for signing. So you're looking at all these free agents, and yes, Nimmo's contract really jumped out to me. I want to know, I want to know who's competing on these contracts, who's forcing that number for for Nimmo to jump that high, you know, or for Contreras. You know, I, I can understand Contreras because the Astros might have been in. There's a couple of other teams that are getting in on this, but it's amazing to me to see these numbers ramp up the way they did, and I agree with you in the sense that there's organizations out there that that pin a guy at the top of their list and say this is the guy we've got to go get we're gonna you know it's like sitting at a charity auction and you got your paddle up and you just keep raising it until you get that trip to Barbados and you're like yeah we've overpaid but we're going to Barbados man it's like a lifelong dream but they eventually get their Barbados. guy. I don't know. I just pulled that up right out of that my was room. great. I like it. You pulled it out of your sweaty. No, that's yeah, funny. exactly. Yeah, that that portion. But these teams <laughs> have their idea of who they want, and all of a sudden, they you know you have a tendency to overspend. A lot of people said the Astros overspent for Jose Abreu, maybe a little bit, but at the same time, you're a world championship team who has the payroll uh, flexibility to do it. So why not get that guy and ensure you have him? But the numbers are are grand. You know, the annual average value of these contracts, the AAV that you keep hearing about, and there's competition to be who's going to be the highest paid guy. Right now, you've got Verlander and Scherzer at the top of that, and then Judge. For me, it's not necessarily that number, because I do believe the money's out there to give these guys that annual value. The thing that has jumped to me, and one of the things that I've heard in the past through national media and some of these owners, these long-term deals, these eight to 11-year deals, what, what? 
What, yeah. Could you imagine sitting down at the table and go, no, man, I, I want this contract and I appreciate the offer, but I want you to pay me until I'm 42. I want you to pay me until I'm 41 years old. And you know as well as I do that the analytics tell you that 27 to 32 is really that five-year window where you're going to maximize your your ability to produce at the big leagues. And then you start to regress a little bit after that 32-year age. But, dude, these contracts, the length of these things, is that shocking to you as it is to me? Absolutely. You know, now that I've been in the business world and everybody credits Bill Belichick for being, uh, you know, kind of a wise guy. Like, I mean, he got rid of the Mm -hmm. goat, you know, he won six Super Bowls. He's like, yeah, I don't think the goat has it. And Tom Brady this year finally looks like Bill Belichick was right. But anyway, I mean, father time is going to going to catch up. But I mean, but you make these decisions based on analytics and and um and payroll and business sense, not with your heartstrings. And, you know, Pujols, I think, was a good example because Pujols last three or four or five years in in uh, Anaheim here in the, you know, southern Los Angeles, you know, eastern portion of, you know, L.A., <laughs> At the Anaheim. the San Bernardino um, Mountain. No, that's yeah. right. That's it. But, uh, you know, he... Like, and then look, this year he didn't have the contract weighing over his head. He wasn't listening to everybody say, oh, like he's washed up. And then he went yeah. and, you know, rode off in a white horse. Like, I mean, he finished up better than he did before. And I just think, totally. I mean, Aaron Judge is 30 years old already. So you mentioned 28 to 32 or 27 to 32. Aaron Judge is already 30 years old. He signs a nine year, we didn't talk about him yet, nine year, $360 million deal. If the next four years, are you know between 40 and 50 home runs you're probably getting your value but then the next four or five years after that what are you doing the other point that i've heard made and i it it just resonated with me this isn't football or basketball this isn't like one man isolation (laughs) like hey lebron you're still good you take the ball and go over there and go one one v one against this guy or durant go over there this isn't josh allen you know the quarterback who can sling it 57 times a game he can decide to pull it down and run it this is Aaron Judge, who we just watched in the in the you know ALCS against the Astros, pitching in defense four at bats. He gets four at bats a game, especially when you're scoring one or two runs. You're getting four at bats a game. Barry Bonds in Fire 2002. Right there you go. But Barry Bonds in 2002 had one of the best postseasons ever. He probably swung the bat like 15 times. He walked like 13 times. I mean, that is the best baseball player on the planet. And he was being pitched around and couldn't get, you know, the only time I think Troy Percival challenged him where they still have that ball mark up there in Anaheim was when they were up like nine to one or something in the, you know, in game seven. It was like, hey, let's just throw him a fastball and see what he can do. He hasn't swung the bat. Oh, he uh, he can still swing the bat. <laughs> um but but my point is like that that's the part like we talk about analytics and eyeball test all the time where are the analytics that say they won't pitch around this guy for the last 4 years of his you know contract or maybe you know we're just way off base maybe they back up the Brinks truck because they know Four years and a World Series championship will pay for the other five years of a wash um, and no championships. I have no idea. Blummer, you're the one that's supposed to have this insight. You no, tell me. I can't. You tell me. <laughs> Come on. No, you know no, Jim I'm, Crane. I'm, I'm, what is Jim Crane thinking? I, I, well, I think Jim Crane's sitting back and going, watch, look at all these billionaires throwing their money around. But, dude, that that right there is why you tune into the Bleacher Blums. That was brilliant analysis because – in combination, what you just heard in the last two or three minutes from Tuttle is absolutely spot on. Baseball, we talk about it all the time. 
baseball is not an individual sport. You're going to have phenomenal individuals, but you need to put them together to win a championship. NBA, NFL, you can key on some guys and use them to propel you into championship scenarios. But Aaron Judge might be the prime example to what Tuttle's talking about because in the regular season, you're going to take your chances, pitch to him. He's going to put up ridiculous numbers, set the American League home run record with 62, beating Roger Maris. He's a mythical, legendary regular season player. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to put butts in seats, sell tickets, and merch? Aaron Judge is your guy. He proved that he can't go out there and carry you to a World Series championship. That's why you look at the Dodgers, you look at what the Boston Red Sox and some of these other teams did like the Astros do, is put together a team and use your payroll as well as you can to get a team together. Now you've got Aaron Judge who's taking up almost a quarter of your payroll uh, every year. How do you build around that? What are you building? And to your point, Tuttle, with the signing of Aaron Judge, as sexy as it is, having a guy like that represent your ball club, he's probably going to get the C on his chest that they've only had like four or five captains in their in their existence. Did you get better? No. You can honestly say that the Yankees didn't get better. They also lost Tyone, one of their best pitchers, to the uh, Chicago Cubs. So what are they going to do to enhance Aaron Judge, and how do they do that? And that's why I say go back and listen to 200 or 201 when you brought up the point, can we better allocate our $40 million, or are we going to put it all into Aaron Judge? And they chose Aaron Judge. You know, it's a team sport. That's all I have to say, and I appreciate the uh, the applause from you. I mean, this is why we get on here. I mean, it's fun to banter back and forth. Aaron Judge, you know, nine years, $360 million. Um you know, there were some great tweets from Astros fans like, you know, the, the Astros MVP this year is going to be Kevin Cash. Uh, I'm sorry, Kevin Cash. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Cash, Cash is that. Kevin, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman. See, Cash was stuck in my head. Uh, Brian Cashman, right? He's going to be the MVP because look at how he spends his resources. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we, Last year, we predicted uh, our playoff, you know, World Series type teams. We're going to do it again this year. We do it every year. That's kind of the idea. The reason we picked the Blue Jays last year to make the ALCS uh, and or the World Series is because their team, they spent money and they got a good collection of young players, Vlad Guerrero, Biggio, the young guys with good pitching. They grabbed some guys around the, the league. The Mariners showed that they have a really good team aspect. I know they got rid of some pieces at the trade deadline, but the Astros are doing the thing. I'm sorry. Astros, the Mariners, Seattle Mariners are doing the things right with a young team, getting guys, acquiring guys, um, doing what they need to do. Whereas the, I mean, and the Dodgers were the favorites uh, mm-hmm. all year long because of the, I mean, you have Mookie Betts and you have, <laughs> you know, Trey Turner, Trey Turner and you have this guy and you have that guy Trey and you have Freeman, pitching yeah. and, you know, and right. And so you have every single, like those are team. The, the Yankees are Aaron Judge right now. That's it. Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, who, great point. you know, unfortunately, That's he's exactly. a great player, but he pay, plays about 80 to 100 games a year, which those 40 or 50 games where he doesn't play. And then you have Garrett Cole. And I was not to get on the Yankees bandwagon at all, but but I was listening to someone who said Garrett Cole hasn't done shit, um, you know, with his $300 million contract. And I'm like, have you been watching baseball? Like when Garrett Cole takes the mound, they have a chance to win. Like Garrett Cole is just not a one man show. And so, yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole has been worth every penny. So I dispute whoever I I read or saw something about that, but it's Garrett Cole, Aaron judge, maybe John Carlos Stanton. And then whatever else, like you said, you already mentioned payroll and money. This conversation is about money. 
John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Garrett Cole, $101 million of your payroll. How are you doing? $101 million. That's $101 million every year for three dudes. You're not winning the World Series with that. I will say that now. I agree with you. And how about the Texas Rangers if you want to take it that much further? Because signing Jacob DeGrom Ooh. to that five-year deal, you have Simeon, Seeger, DeGrom, and they're up over $100 million on a payroll on a lap. If it wasn't for the Oakland A's, they'd be a last-place team. But the Rangers are a fourth-place team, and they're going out there spending a hundred, a, half their payroll on three guys. Trey Turner, 11-year deal. And then you see Xander Bogarts. And this is I want to jump into the West Coast a little yeah, bit because your Giants were in on – <laughs> Aaron Judge, uh, Trey Turner signing with the Philadelphia Phillies, Xander Bogarts. Man, dude, the San Diego Padres, I appreciate that they're the only show in town, and A.J. Preller's just like, he's got a money gun, and he's just firing it at anybody <laughs> that'll take it. Uh, Aaron Judge turned him down. Trey Turner turned him down. Finally, he found Xander Bogarts to be able to sign that contract and be the shortstop, which opens up a whole can of worms. Tatis in the outfield. Machado can has an opt-out contract at the end of 2023. I mean, there's a lot of things moving in San Diego, but... Hit on hit on the the. I want to ask you about the shortstop market, but talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing from the Padres and your feelings about that, and then talk about your boys up there in Frisco. They're dying to make a move, and they just can't get somebody to come up there. So why don't we take a break here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'll come back and discuss a couple more things about baseball. The best way to learn a language: immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Well, that's a bummer. I was going to ask you that question because I thought, you know, hey, you went to the winter meetings. You got your ear to the ground. Like, I mean, Carlos Correa obviously opted out. The Giants are trying to make a splash. They need to make a splash. Yeah. It was pretty public that Aaron Judge was going to be their splash. I, I was I happen. was in San Diego and I talked yeah. to a lot of Bay Area people and they were they they put all in. They were Aaron yeah. Judge is coming home and they couldn't make yeah. it happen. Yeah, and that and so when you do that, I mean, maybe this kind of leads to your point, which you already made, which is funny because the Padres were trying to get, uh, they were trying to make a big splash. They wanted Trey Turner, they wanted somebody like that. Bogarts is like choice number three, which is a you know it's a great choice, but maybe yeah. Bogarts' agent says, "Hey, we're choice number three, but you were going to spend three ten for that dude. How about two eighty? That sounds really good because Bogarts is like so. Yeah, exactly. you know that's what negotiations are. Yeah. So Bogarts ended up being the the winner there, and as you said. Um, you know, I think if the if this is just a side, you asked me about the Padres, but I think if yeah, Machado has an opt out after this next year. But if 
the Padres win again like they did, or if they continue on the correct trajectory, you can have Machado at third, uh, Bogarts at short, Tatis will play the outfield and not ride motorcycles, he promises. Um, <laughs> and and then you have then you have the cornerstone for a good uh, a good squad because I do think Preller understands that pitching, yeah. you know, Darvish, Snell, those guys, they they will improve. Go ahead. Well, no, I just think it's interesting. What you you kind of sparked an idea with Preller being aggressive as he is in that division. Is that do you think he's being a little more aggressive because you're not seeing the Dodgers be as aggressive? You know what I mean? Like maybe you feel like the Dodgers are starting to creep back down to where you can you can get a good enough team to go out there and beat them. You know, I, that's a maybe? that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. I well, I would think so. The I mean, look, are still good. The Dodgers are great, and remember, they're getting our our, our boy back, uh, uh, Bueller Walker Bueller back from Tommy John at some oh, point. Dang, which, they got a couple. I mean, they guys, went a whole the red haired dude right. May. That, yeah, that's oh, good that's call. right. Good, so you have May and Bueller. I mean, the Dodgers point. are deep, and they didn't have them Damn this year, are. and they got Kershaw on a one year deal. Who and Kershaw had one of his best years last year. I mean, and how about nice Kershaw stabilizer being, in that? Yeah. Yeah, you're number three or four starter, like you said, and you got May and Bueller, and I mean, you know, it always makes me think of Ferris Bueller. Bueller, Every Bueller? Time I, no, he I wasn't there. Yeah. yeah, I know he wasn't there last year, but Bueller this year, yep, you've yeah, been be- absent nine <laughs> times. Um, anyway, so Bueller, so yeah, no, I think you have to if you're competing and you're fairly competing, you definitely have to spend the money. But the, I think the thing that jumps out is uh, it'll still be pitching and defense. The Padres showed that with a little effort this year with Soto, uh, well, that's the other guy they have, Soto, right now. Dude, he's going to have so a great they ha- year with that shift. I know, oh. but now you have Soto. Mach- I mean, if they Tatis. keep on that trajectory, they're, you know. And that leads to the question you asked me, which is going to bounce it back to you. The Giants are in trouble. I mean, the Giants yeah. had... They, they're already in third place, right? They're already in third place. It's Padres, Dodgers, or Dodgers, Padres, however you like it. And then Giants, Rockies, and, you know, and Diamondbacks are, you know, the Diamondbacks are going to be competitive. Like the Giants are already fighting for third place, I should say. They're not automatically in third place. The Rockies yeah. have a decent young team. So how do they make a splash? Is it Correa? Does he make the difference? I mean, I've said this on this podcast ad nauseum. I'm sorry for all the Astros fans that have to listen to me, the Bay Area honk. But I mean, they had Buster Posey, Brandon Belt was a solid guy, uh, Brandon Crawford's a solid guy, and then they had some good pitching. Those were the anchors. Brandon Ca- Crawford is, you know, I mean, he's going to be done if he, I mean, maybe has one more year there. Belt has been injured. Posey retired. They need two or three guys to have a yeah. new culture. Yeah, because, I mean, they tried to scramble and put together a center fielder, so I would imagine they're looking for a guy to put in center also. But the the shortstop market you know, there's Dansby Swanson is still out there. All of these guys had different attributes, you know, and I think that Trey Turner might have been the most well-rounded. Uh, Xander Bogarts, I think, is a very good short. The left side of the Padres infield is going to be phenomenal with Machado and Bogarts. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Correa, you know, Correa has a lot of baggage in L if he if he decides to go to the West Coast just because of all of the, the sign-stealing crap that was going on. Um, and he, he, he's a guy that, you know, gets injured every once in a while. So you got to worry about that. Dansby's a very good guy, but he's, he, he might be the most, uh, he doesn't have a lot of the power. He doesn't have some of these e- extracurriculars that we like to talk about. But my question was for the San Francisco Giants, you have Brandon Crawford on another, he has on the last year of his contract might be the last year of his career. Do you, if you sign a Dansby Swanson or a Carlos Correa for big money and really make that splash and bring in that that ticket draw, 
can you is Crawford a guy that moves to third base or second base in the last year of his career? I think that's a weird that's an interesting dynamic to kind of you have to figure that out before you sign the guy, right? Absolutely. And and that's the thing is that is not the move that's going to make the Giants the next powerhouse of, you know, of of the uh, uh, National League West, right? I mean, that's not the move. Yeah. Oh, all right. All we have to do is tweak it. Let's get a shortstop, Correa, and let's move Brandon Crawford a second. Now we're the Giants of, like, that's not the move. The Giants need to do what I thought the Yankees should do. Maybe, you know, get if they got a judge and then another player, a complimentary player, the Giants mm-hmm. culture... Um, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle two years ago. I've, I drank the Kool-Aid a little bit. Um, I'm not sure I have the deepest faith in Gabe Kapler doing things, um, you know, with a, with kind of a wonky way of looking at things or, you know, a new, a new way, Let's say what unique. is it? New wave or something. I just yeah. don't, you know, unique. He's very unique. Unique. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's what you were going to say. Unique. Uh, okay. so, so you tell me what, what do the giants do? Oh, I, I this know. is on a good source. I always have an aside. Um, I talked to a guy that knows the Dodgers organization and system really well. And he was saying that they were super excited. Doc, um, was really frustrated with Bellinger and frustrated with, uh, God, one other guy. Oh, Jock Peterson the year before. Yeah. Those guys had, you know, same spot swingers like our boy uh, Joey Gallo. And uh, <laughs> they wouldn't work. And, you know, I was wondering if it was Bellinger's dad that was getting in his ear. Like, don't worry, you were the MVP. Like, don't change anything or whatever. But mm-hmm. I had heard that it was finally, I mean, like the Dodgers may actually play more free and easy this year because there was some tension in the clubhouse, I heard. So that's a that'll be yeah. an interesting thing to watch them. But But back to the Giants, you don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. The shortstops are all kind of taken except for Correa. If I were the GM right now, scrambling, scratching my head up there, I would, I would look at it like, I would look at it like, like not who do we have in the market, but I would try to kind of get by this year. Like, what's the come up with a three year plan, which maybe they have, and maybe Judge was involved in there. And how do we put this together with guys? Like, I don't think. Dansby Swanson is a cornerstone of your organization. I think he's a solid player. I know he was drafted by Arizona, but I think he fits the Braves team. I actually think he should resign with the Braves. That's my opinion. If you bring Dansby Swanson and, you know, over to the Giants, and this is no critique of him as a human or a good baseball player. He's a great baseball player. Does he become the franchise to your point? Then does Crawford move somewhere? I don't I mean, I just yeah. don't look at him like I look at him more as a upper echelon, like complimentary player. You know, I don't know what what I think. What he's do they a very do? Good. No, I, I I I actually think you know that's a that's an incredibly interesting call on Dansby Swanson because that's kind of where I was at. You know, there's Trey Turner's a speed, power, defense, dynamic. You know, can really stir things up, and then you've got uh, Xander Bogarts, great glove, power, RBI machine. Uh, Carlos Correa, dynamic infielder, power to all fields, really uh, leader in the clubhouse. He's a guy that's stood tall and been the number one guy. Dansby Swanson's been on a very good team for a very long time and put up very good numbers. But I don't know if he's, like you say, a cornerstone or an isolation guy where you say, we're going to sign you for $30 million a year. You're going to lead our ball club. I, I, I agree. 
is he? Yeah, that and we'll guy? look at it. He's also not a middle of the order guy. Where's Carlos Correa going to bat in the order? Somewhere Great. like three, four, five. Tuttle's all you're going to have man. Freddie Freeman moves you over to your organization. He's going to bat three, four, or five in that lineup. Um, yep. The guys we mentioned, Bogarts is like two or three, one, two or three in that order. He has a different skill set. Um, you know, Trey Turner's going to bat one, two or three. Dansby Swanson's going to bat like seven, eight or nine. So 30 million <laughs> bucks. And I don't mean that like, like I said, this is not a, you know, this is not like, oh my God, he's yeah. terrible. He's batting seventh or eighth, but that's where he bats on the Braves because he fits that system. If you bring him over for 30 or $35 million a year, do you now bat him third in the order and, you know, watch his strikeouts climb or, you know, it, that, you know, very well, you've been in many clubhouses, like, mm-hmm. you know, being a pinch hitter or coming off the bench or being utility guy and knowing your role and, you know, everybody fits a different thing, but being the guy, like you said, standing in front of the microphone every night, it's a different that's challenge tough. and a different skill set. So I, I don't know if that's what they're paying for. Um, but the giants yeah. are struggling and I, you know, it'll be, maybe that's the next podcast. What, what do the giants do between now and the next, two weeks. I think it'll be fascinating to find out because do they, like you said, do they make that move because the Dodgers cream of the crop. Now you see the Padres jumping in. Where do you fit in without spending a billion dollars to bring in every superstar to play there? I think that's really tough, uh, tough decisions for teams across the country. Um, good stuff. I thought you were on fire today. I appreciate the heck out of you. Little, little finish, finishing note for me and random thought. I had a scone this morning with my coffee. I'm not sure if you're a scone guy, but I I feel like the scone was an accident when they made it. I don't know what the hell it is. It's like a biscuit and a muffin that backfired and became dry as a bone. And somebody stuck it in their coffee and was like, oh, this is pretty good when I dip it in my coffee. Are you a scone guy? No, I don't think I've ever eaten a scone. I've eaten a scone that (laughs) like my daughter... My daughter made scones in like home ec or something. And I was like, same thing. Like, what's a scone? And I'm like, this is dry, but that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, no, I don't. No, you will not catch me eating a scone. Like, I don't. Anyway, you know, I'm a little bit of a, of a health and fitness person. But if I go big for breakfast, give me like an almond croissant. Like something like, like a bear claw. I'll go something like that. Donuts. Bear claw is my favorite donut ever. Oh, there you go. I'm a bear claw guy too. Look at that. We have a lot more in common than we thought. But I mean. I got to go big. Like, give me a big bear claw. I'll eat that thing and be like, now this is, you know, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not having a scone and dipping it in my, this thing's so dry. And then guess what? It's so dry. You dip it long enough and it falls into your coffee. You're like, God dang it. Can I get it in my coffee? Can I get another cup of coffee over here? So, yeah, I love it. That's like Blum's Blast. We're we're done with oh. that. But, uh, yeah, give us some feedback, you know, at Real David Tuttle, at Blummer27, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, what do you think about scones, folks? I have a, I have a feeling that uh, we're on the right side of – we're on the right side of this yeah. argument. So That's right. You got anything else before we finish this thing off? No, I'm good. Awesome. That was a great podcast. So we're trying to keep it shorter and sweeter. So I think we're uh, we're coming yeah. in and we're coming in on that time. Hey, Marco, now that you joined us and you woke up from your, your hibernation, dude, pop onto the screen real quick. Yeah, there you go. That's is. our boy Marco over at Ram Shirts. He takes care of all of our swag. I'm rocking my Space City hat. Tuttle, we all wear Bleacher Blum stuff. You can go to, what is it, Crush City Tees and, and .com and check it out. But birthday boy, oh. Marco Hello. Ramos. Happy birthday, Marco. Oh, thank you, thank you. Happy thank you. birthday. Was that, that was the present you got to sleep in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Live, live plug right there. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Look at him. He's all smiles, refreshed. You, Tuttle and yeah, I, now, are now, now I, got, bags, I have to get to know. work now. 
<laughs> now he has to get to work. <laughs> oh man! Now you start to play catch up, right? Isn't that always what happens when you wake up late? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You got any big Thank plans you. for your Appreciate birthday, dude? Uh, now we're gonna go grab some lunch with uh, with the family right now. You know, here in a little bit, and uh, but nothing nothing really big planned. Just trying to take the day off. It's been a pretty long couple of weeks after the during the World Series and after it. You know, fulfilling orders. So we're gonna take it easy today and you know just chill out. That a baby. Well, happy birthday, Marco. Thank you. Thank you. Happy, happy birth, birthday, Mark. Producer Mark and our, our fearless leader, really, like editing and doing all the stuff. But yeah, you always got to enjoy your birthday. I think even people at Crush City Tees, Ram Shirts, uh, waiting for their orders will understand that their order will come a day late because you got a day off for your birthday. We all deserve a day off on our birthday. Absolutely. So happy birthday to Marco. Thanks for hanging out with us in the bleachers. Of course, at the end of every podcast, we like to... Throw our appreciation towards the military, both home and abroad. We appreciate everything you're doing to keep us safe. And, of course, veterans who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. We appreciate you. All of the first responders, EMTs, everybody running into harm's way to protect us here on the homeland and uh, make sure that we are protected and safe living here in the States. All of the doctors, nurses, uh you know, everybody that deals with uh, the epidemics that keep popping up and rolling around, we, app- we appreciate you protecting us and keeping us healthy. Teachers, you're magnificent. Enjoy that Christmas break when it gets here. Tuttle, that's it, man. All right. Listeners, if you're over the age of 45, don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. And as always on this lovely podcast, please don't forget to get after it and believe it. Believe it. Wow, Pete, I have to say your balls are so tender. Well, there's no beating my balls. They're made from a secret sweaty family recipe. No one can resist my sweaty balls.